Hey, Chaz, welcome back to The Grit. Man, back face to face. It's been a long time. Like silver spoons. Is that how it goes? Hey, here we are, face to face. A couple of silver spoons. They are face to face, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know, one thing I remember about that show was there was somebody in the opening credits with the last name Scales. Ooh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back in and look. It was the black dude. Oh, really? Yeah. What was his What was his first name? I don't know. I forget. Any but relation? No relation at all. And I just thought that was I've never heard anybody else with the same name. Why are the Silver Spoons face to face? I have no idea. Well, shouldn't they be like? I mean, the whole concept of spooning is front to back, right? Or back to front, I suppose, as it were. If the spoons are in the drawer face to face. You're, you're not utilizing. Shuffle your drawer. Your, your horrible use of space. Totally. Um, Unless maybe maybe spoons face to face are the ultim, ultimate sign of wealth. You can have such a big silverware drawer that all your spoons can just, your silver spoons can look at each other face to face. If it's actually made out of silver and you had it front to back, maybe it creates some sort of erosion. And so you just, so you have to put them face to face, face to face, couple of silver spoons. Mm. They used to make them out of silver. Yeah. Crazy. I have some silver spoons. Do you really? You don't have any? No. You don't have any silver, actual silverware in your drawer. I don't know what mine's made out of, but I venture guess it's not silver. It mm. came from crate and barrel. Your silver will oxidize. You'll be able to tell. It'll, it will look different over time. Unless you keep it face to face. And or polish. That's what, remember when yeah, they used yeah. to advertise silver polish? Yeah. That dude dipping that plate in yep. that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. All of that feels wildly poisonous to me. It, I, I think so. Like, would you want to eat off of it after you do that? I, I, I don't, I, yes. Okay. I'd, it'd be worth the future cancers to dine so flamboyantly. Good point. Yeah. Now, this segues perfectly into something I was going to bring up anyways. Perfect. Which is, I got... I was in Tahoe last time we talked. You were in Jackson. Did you get Did you get full powder days? No. We got a really good day. Yeah. Um, it snowed Friday like six inches or something like that, and then Saturday was epic. And sunny, so it was like great conditions, great Blue snow. Bird. But my question is, um, surfing and skiing or snowboarding are now something for the wealthy. Like when I grew up, I don't think surfing certainly wasn't. And even skiing, my family didn't have a lot of money, and I grew up skiing. And now it is just prohibitively expensive. Prohibitively expensive. I think unless you, there's got to still be resorts out there, I feel. Uh, like, you know, middle of Oregon or whatever. Man, I used to, my favorite, my family's, yeah. I mean, I grew up straight up poor and family would go skiing mm -hmm. once or twice a year. Uh, but it was at Hoodoo. Hoodoo in the Cascades and Hoodoo's motto was steep, deep and cheap. <laughs> so I wonder if hoodoo is still, hopefully is still steep, deep and cheap. So I, re I reckon if you really want to get it, you can go find your cheap skiing somewhere. You can, and so, or you can split board or whatever. We, so we skied Utah, Southwest Utah, Brian head yeah. a couple of years ago. And it was $40 lift yeah. tickets on a Thursday and beautiful conditions and no empty mountain. Did they have a actual wickets with the tickets or was it like remember the the ones yeah. you used to put in your they jacket? absolutely did oh see that's so fantastic the little clothes hanger thing i didn't yeah. know that was called a wicket a wicket okay uh i was always so diligent about getting that ticket to line up perfectly because if it crumples at all you're screwed i mean I, you could still use it it just doesn't look good no you look lame i would always i yeah from young youth from the first one of my first memories of school 
is kindergarten and hating cutting and pasting, like hating craft, uh, which haunts me to this day. Like I can never get that stuff straight. I'll always have it so yeah. mashed over and then sticking to my pants, et cetera, et cetera. You ever put stickers on a surfboard? Yeah, always crooked, always wrong. Nine times out of 10 with a little bubble in there that yeah. will never go away until the surfboard gets hot enough where it goes away by itself. What about a deck pad? Yeah, always crooked uh, where I think it's just so perfect and it's misaligned. And I wonder how people do it. Do people just have instinct or is there some kind of tool to get it lined up exactly? Uh, there's no tool. Kelly did an Instagram like two years ago or something showing the application process where he peels the cardboard backing off, but leaves the, the plastic, like the cellophane. Oh yeah. 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 Where you, wrap. you put it all on at the same time. So it's all still in place in the plastic. He peels the adhesive backing off the center bar, I think, and then places that down first. I forget exactly the method, but by leaving it in that plastic. Yeah. Backing, you get a guaranteed. It, oh man. Mine would always be just exactly wrong of like, you know, two centimeters between center bar and outside bar on one side, four centimeters on the other side. When you look at it, it's like very clearly dumb. And aside from trying to align it, an angle drops down and touches and sticks before you're ready to. So then that's going to create a bubble in the center. Whole thing's a nightmare. Disaster. The whole thing's a nightmare. I watched, uh, it's one of my, I guess, I suppose, hating arts and crafts so much, watching shapers on Instagram. Like, you know, I follow Pizel and Andrew Kidman and a bunch of them. Does Andrew, Andrew Kidman is not even a shaper, is he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and watching beautiful craft, like where every line is straight, every, everything is just perfect. And I imagine if I was shaping a board, how, what a, what a nightmare of hideousness it would be. A, mine's going to be asymmetrical for sure. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, You've never shaped a surfboard? No. Do you have any interest? Yeah, totally. I mean, I appreciate the art and craft so much. And I wonder, which I suppose this is the whole point of it, right? Everyone wonders, could I accidentally stumble into some magic shape? Could I make, could. A, make a mistake yeah. that was the perfect mistake? Yeah, that happens often, actually. I mean, I feel that probably some of the great surfboard innovations have come from mistakes. The he, reverse V. Totally. Maurice Cole's reverse V for Tom Curran. Straight up mistake. One of the greatest boards of all time. Yeah. Uh, that's why I am for the art of shaping and like hand shaping is because um, I understand the importance of trying to replicate. Chloe Andino has a board that he wins on. He wants it to be replicated, right? But it eliminates the potential for magic to happen. Totally. Potential for magic is in the mistake. Yeah. That's why I'm still waiting to art and craft my way into a museum masterpiece. Does your daughter do arts and crafts? She does. She likes it. But uh, and do you have to help her though? I mean, I guess no, you wouldn't have to. Heck no. Yeah, I for don't, a kid, you just let him go. I mean, yeah, no. If she asked, she would well know better than to ask me for help. So, in regard to surfing being elitist now, yeah. as skiing is, because by the way, even if you can get forty dollars lift tickets, skis are expensive. Sure. Boots are expensive. Winter clothing is expensive. Here's what I think about the, what I like about the elitism of it, I'll tell you, is you can still find it. You can go to play it against sports or whatever. You can go get used gear. You can figure out at some places still, I'm sure, how to clip tickets. Not that I am uh, telling people to do that. But there, where there's a will, there's a way. The elitism of it makes 
the way harder, but it makes the person willing to walk that path better. I agree with that. So even in surfing, right? Like, yes. I mean, at this point, if you're a Val and thinking you're going to get into surfing, it's absolutely no way you're getting out. I mean, good luck finding a board to begin with, right? I mean, board shortages throughout the world. Have you ever seen, have you been in many, you are in surf shops fairly regularly, right? Sure. Have you seen bear racks? No. Exactly. I hear talk and I have no doubt that getting a custom or whatever takes forever. I am sure that certain models, it's hard to keep in stock. Like I'm sure that what Channel Islands mid-lengths are tough to find, right? Maybe. Uh, But overall, I feel that surf shops are filled with boards as filled as they ever were. We should go look. I mean, let's go on a board shop We're in a surf shop right now. Is this an actual shop though? So because of COVID, I think it, the hours are a little bit different or maybe you make an appointment. We're in album surfboards, by the way. So uh, I'm looking at this wall though. Think, How many of these are spoken for? I How think many? they're all spoken for. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so it may be true. And maybe in the surf shop, every board in the rack is spoken for. Could be. Do you think so? I, I have a feeling there is scenario. there are scenarios where racks are empty, but I, I think they just replace them with maybe lesser desired boards. All, like so there's going to be hot commodities and there's going to be, you know, surf techs that are still available. Or so whatever. all's to say though, if you want to get into surfing right now, you go yeah. buy your board tough to buy a wetsuit probably maybe no, no, they, they're, they're available. Okay. So with the elitism and surfing though, what are you saying? Like what's the beach is still free. Yeah, but it's crowded coast. Like you, you go buy a bungalow in Venice in oh, the yeah. 70s for nothing yeah. and go. Now all coastal real estate is millions and millions of dollars, certainly in California. And even a mile or two back, it's still expensive. And so I grew up 30, 30 minutes from the beach and it was an effort to get there. And I have a feeling it's even more so now. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Um, and, and then things are just expensive, you know? So I, so on Tahoe, uh, there was, uh, we were on a chairlift and we saw a kid on the bunny run on a snowboard and he was wearing jeans and it was pretty cold and uh, snowboarding. Of course, you're going to end up on your butt and on your knees all day long. So your jeans are going to get soaking wet. Right. And I was just thinking, gosh, what's he doing wearing jeans? Then I realized, well, he's on a bunny slope. He probably, this is his first, first time, time and he doesn't have anything other than jeans. And I felt sad for him, but good for him to kind of, to your point, he's probably going to be better at snowboarding than anybody else within a month or two or Where there's something. a will, yeah. there's a way. Of wife, course. when wife first went snowboarding, my wife is an ex-pro snowboarder. Uh, she, had, she wore Jordans as her air Jordans as her first snowboard boot. As, like strapped Jordans into the binding. Yeah. What? Like somehow, I don't know how she did it. Like duct taped them into the bindings. And that wow. was her first, I'm sure with jeans too, was her first snowboarding experience. That's a good story. Yeah. It's a good, like rags to riches story. Sure. I mean, not rags cause she's wearing Jordans, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but it's, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was proper poor, uh, but also, yeah, you just figure it out. Right. Like, yeah. and I think you still can in snowboarding. I th- even as sure you, you know, you're not going to maybe go up, you know, squaw or whatever squaw is called now. What is it called now? So squaw still exists, I think. It's no. just the other, it's an hour away. I was at Heavenly. Oh, you were at Heavenly, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah squaw yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Well, I'm pretty sure it does. It, the mountain does, but they canceled. They changed squ- the name. Squaw got canceled. Squaw got. Oh, because, yeah, of, because of the Indian, the Indian yeah. appropriation. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, so the far end of this, the opposite end of this conversation is, or the extreme is Google buying 
I, uh, Tavarua. Do you think it's true? I don't know. Tell me the story. You broke the story. Well, it's a hot rumor that was broken, I think, three years ago. The first one was that uh, Google's co-founders bought Nomotu. Um, that Nomotu was on the block, uh, Tavarua's sister island right there, um, which was quickly debunked. I got a, I can't remember. I don't think it was angry. I think I just got a email from somebody who knew the founders or the, I mean, the owners of Nomoto said, absolutely not. This is not true. Okay. So quickly debunked it, but then this one popped up and I know that I think they're interested. I think there's very much interest in the Google founders of owning Fijian islands. I mean, they have super yachts and they're out there, I think fairly regularly. Uh, remember was Dirk Ziff on one of their super yachts once? I don't know. I think one of their one of their super yachts was parked during uh, one of the outer knowns. Whatever happened to the outer known pro? How did the thing just get straight up disappeared without anybody saying anything? You talking about its sponsorship of Cloud yeah. Break? Like Kelly yeah. signed a three year or outer known signed a three year deal, and you know big press release of the three year deal. Then it all goes away and yeah. nobody says boo about it. I know. Anyhow, there was one of those contests, uh, I think it's called Dragonfly or Spit Dragon or something. It has some fancy name. But okay. one of those uh, super yachts was there, which gave heat to the rumor. That gotcha. I think they park their boats there and like it there, and it'd be perfectly sane if you have multi-billion dollars to buy Tavarua. So that's the question is, how do you feel about that kind of from a moral perspective of somebody owning a wave? Yeah, I mean, ostensibly somebody owns that wave now. That's, yeah. Uh, and also the way that, that Fiji's government opened it up, right? Where you can no longer exclusively, you know, you don't have to be staying on Tabaru at a surf cloud break anymore. Right. You can boat in, which I've heard has caused major problems for the wave. Yeah. So all's to say, maybe it's good that some places are forbidden. I, know. I wonder that too. Because initially it feels elitist, right? Sure. And I'm just like, screw those guys. How could they, why should they be able to own this public resource? And then I realize, well, poor people aren't going there anyways. Yep. <laughs> like you have to be of a certain level of economic status to ever go to Tavarua, period. Sure. So now it goes from being, I don't know, the 3% of the world's population that can go there to just Point a fraction. Zero, zero, one sure. So but it changes slightly. But- just like with localism, I almost feel like it exists for a reason, you know, where, yeah, it's ugly and there are going to be missteps and the wrong person's going to have their tires slashed or get punched out or whatever. But overall, on the whole, it's nice that that spot isn't overrun by vowels because oh, being overrun by vowels is kind of the worst scenario. It is the worst case scenario, which I will still say, not as a apology for elitism, but again, where there's a will, there's a way. You could, if you really... If your life's goal is to go surf, cloud break, and you're poor, you could figure out how to be a chef, how to be a fisherman, how to be a boat driver, how to get there somehow. There's a way to get there uh, and or, you know, just save up all your pennies and go and buy a rowboat and wherever and cruise on over to cloud break. I mean, there's always a way, no matter how much, how elite something is. If you want it enough, there's a way in. I agree. And I almost feel like, start devoting your energy towards becoming Sergey Brin or whoever yeah. it is, you know, and maybe you don't end up owning cloud break, but you can still go buy your own wave. Like, well, 
is there a better version than capitalism, I guess, is kind of what the question comes down to. Because without it, then there's kind of a mayhem or there's always flaws with any sort of system that... I mean, the Val, the Val apocalypse is truly the worst case scenario for any wave. Like rocking exactly. up on any yeah, wave exactly. and there's a bunch of people who both don't know kind of rules, aren't good enough. Like, I mean, the problem with this whole COVID Val apocalypse thing is they all got good enough to be horrible in the way, like in my experience with the Val, the Val would go and couldn't devote as much time to surfing because there wasn't international lockdown where that's all they could do. Yeah. And so it kind of like, they were never quite good enough to be, it's a good point to be that horrible, a nuisance, right? They were there, but no problem. Now they're good enough to paddle into just the wrong waves at just the wrong time. I read some story about, a, I can't remember. I probably shouldn't even bring this story up because my details on it are so, are so misplaced. But there was somebody paddling out somewhere, back out. Uh, and the person paddling out almost got hit by a surfer. And the person paddling out was furious and thinking, you know, all popping wow. off at the mouth. Just thinking, like, and totally thinking that that is a reasonable position to take. That paddling out... Hey man, I was going this way. You saw me coming. You were supposed to get around me. We're absolutely not. And I feel that Val's, it's those kinds of things. Like when you're paddling out, yeah. it is only 100% your fault and only 100% your responsibility to get out of the way in any way you can, right? Somebody's cruising down the line. Yeah. Even if you think, okay, come on, they can do a big bottom turn around me. No, you do not assume anything. You it, get yourself out of the way. In driving on the road, if there's a fender bender. The per If you get rear-ended, it's the other person's fault. Yep. Anytime you hit somebody from behind, it's the person behind's fault. So the same thing goes in surfing. You just It might mean you have to duck dot, you have to go into the impact zone. That's your problem. Sure. Yeah. But the, but this, it's these kinds of things, I think, that the Val now, the Val yeah, can now paddle back out semi-efficiently yeah. in the worst way possible. It's, it's interesting because, yeah, for the previous COVID Val, couldn't even make the paddle out. Sure. They so you just didn't get washed up on no. Yeah. You never even thought like they sure they were clogging lineups yeah. maybe or on the fringes or trying to get out, but they were immaterial to the surfing experience. Now they are directly in the way of the surfing experience. Yeah, I mean, I can't even think of how many times over the COVID that I've spun to go on a wave and some guy on a wave storm is sitting so close to me that like I almost spear him in the chest just by spinning around a paddle. Dude, I surfed Rincon a month or two ago, and there were so many people in the lineup. Like, first of all, you can't get a wave, right? And then I would eventually get one. And I just, as I'm paddling in and looking down the line, I'm just going, where do I even go? And then I'd get up and riding, and I don't know where to do a turn. I'm actually focused on dodging people rather than doing a turn. See, so it nullifies the entire experience. I wonder about Crazy. this with Snapper, because Snapper is always this way, right? With super competent surfers. Uh, what it, If everyone's competent, you look at Snapper, right? Snapper, when it's really, when one of the cyclones is really churning through and is just packed there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it everybody so competent that they all know, okay, you, people bobbing in the shoulder are getting out of the way naturally just because they know how and the guy surfing knows exactly the line of the wave and everybody just knows what they're doing? Is that how that... No, I think people get hurt all the time. Real People are just always whacking into each other. For sure. They okay. have to be. I think, yeah, you're right. There's a high level of competence there and a lot of people do get out of the way, but there's so many people in the lineup that people just get caught. 
every time I make this complaint, particularly on Instagram or Beach Grit, I'll get flack back from correct flack back of where are you surfing and why, basically. Like if there's this many valves yeah. clogging your spot, it's time to go to a more critical wave. Yeah, but we're in Southern California. It is problem. what it is. From Black Beach to Lowers to the beach breaks that are anonymous, it, it's all crowded, right? At I this mean, point. Th- that is the problem. Yeah. Um, so the WSL is, for, well, okay, we got a couple of stories. I want to hear about Kelly. Kelly's uh, thoughts on a podcast. Yeah, Kelly hates this medium. I know. Kelly so hates you. I didn't listen to his, who was he interviewed by? It's apparently Australia's number one sports podcast. A guy named Howard, I think it's Howie's Game or something is the, the Howie Game, something like that is the podcast. And Kelly is anti-podcast. Kelly, not really. I mean, oh, okay. I, I more, Kelly says something like, I don't, I guess it took a long, this guy's Kelly's or this guy claimed, you know, again, Australia's number one sports podcast. Uh, this guy's always wanted Kelly as a guest, took four years to get Kelly on. Kelly's excuse kind of why it took so long was I don't like to do a lot of these. Uh, by my contract, I don't have to. Um, and so I like to be, what he was kind of getting at is I like to be thoughtful when I'm doing these, I think. But it also, yeah, he doesn't like to do them, clearly. He likes to do it if it's somebody famous, if it's Tim Ferriss or Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan yeah. then he's in. But he doesn't ever want to do one unless it's somebody super famous. Yeah, that could be it. I think he also admires those people. Yeah, totally. He wants to sit down. I mean, for sure, the Joe Rogan one was such an embarrassment of Kelly trying to say things that Joe was interested in. Well, it was in Joe doesn't uh, do research, firstly. Like, he can talk about things that he knows about very, very well, but he didn't really know surfing and he probably only peripherally knows Kelly. So he wasn't really engaged in the conversation. And so, yeah, you're right. Kelly was trying to engage Joe. him. Yeah. And it, yeah, it wasn't a great interview. But, but the, this uh, Shane Dorian one was amazing because sure. they could talk about hunting. Yeah. You know? But Kelly hates the medium. I tried to get Kelly on one time. Did I tell you that? Did he, what did he say? I hate podcasting. No, I don't think he was too keen on me. First of all, cause you know, my association with you firstly, and I've been critical just even without you, but, um, it was at that Visla surf pro event in Australia, 2019. Okay. So he was competing there at Manly. He was competing there for a week and he had like, so, uh, I think built into his appearance fee, which I think surfing new South Wales paid him to come. Yep. Uh, he had a certain amount of media obligations yep. and I wasn't one of those, but through John Schmuka, rest in peace. And a couple other people, they're like, who do you want to interview while you're here? I was like, well, Kelly would be the only guy. They're like, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. And then they, each day I'd check in with him and they're like, oh yeah, not today. He's got to do the morning news or whatever yeah. it is, you know? So by the final day, Schmoo was like, well, let me just go introduce you. So I go over and I'm like, hey, Kelly, I've got all my recording equipment set up across the street. Can we make this happen? He's just like, nah, I don't think so. He's like, I, I honestly, I'm spread pretty thin. I don't think now's a good time. And I'm like, well, maybe sometime back in California. He's like, yeah, maybe. I was like, all right. Shot down. Did, yeah. you, did you feel like burning shame or did you have no, uh, did you have no thought that it would actually happen? I wasn't too optimistic that it would happen, yeah. but I was fully prepared. Like I had prepped throughout the week and even prior, like for the possibility, because I, yeah, I want to be able to engage him in a conversation once we sit down. But 
he just didn't, he, he seemed like he was, uh, he didn't say it, but it seemed like he didn't want anything to do with me. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Great. So, I understand. Yeah, sure. It's all good. I mean, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of the WS, WSL, I have a theory that I would like to propose to you. I'm excited. Um, they're going to run. So Andrew Stark, guy who runs WSL in Australia, was able to soon to be the CEO of the whole thing. You think? For sure. Okay. Well, Don't we'll get think? into that too. What time do you got to leave? Uh, like 10, 10, hard, okay. hard okay. out. So we'll start wrapping at 10. Okay. okay. So Andrew Stark pulls together four events in Australia in this year, the second COVID year that we thought might be a wash. Four. So we ran one event in pipe. John John won it. And then Bells gets canceled. Snapper gets canceled. Sunset canceled. Steamer canceled. Margaret was still on the list. And so he rallied really quickly, tried to get an event at Lennox, didn't work out. Now he got Narrabeen, um, Newcastle, Rottnest. and Rottnest. So there's going to be four events in Australia. Potentially Tahiti could run. Potentially the Wave Pool could run. Well, I mean, and, Wave Pool for sure. And then Lowers is almost a guaranteed to run. Though September. they don't have the permit yet. But apparently. they don't have the permit. So yeah. not guaranteed to run. Europe is out. Yeah. So potentially there could be... Uh, five, six, seven, eight events. Okay. My theory is these events that are going to run in Australia, let's say they run, they very well could run in marginal surf. So somebody like Connor O'Leary could win, you know, and, and like low tier guys, like honestly, QS warriors are almost better suited to win at Narrabeen and Newcastle, right? Kelly Slater, I'd be shocked if he mustered the cur the, uh, gumption to go surf, Knee high waves, right? Will, will Kelly go? Probably not. So that's the other thing. So kind of the point that I'm getting at is, what if we've created a scenario in 2021 where Jack Robinson gets bumped off tour? Like these guys who you really want on tour get bumped off and it elevates all these lower tier QS surfers so that when we're looking at 2022, where we're back at G-Land and we're back at sunset, all our favorite surfers are gone. And so this was a very short-sighted, while part of me thinks, yeah, run at, at all costs, like let's just run some events. There's a bigger picture at play here. And I'm worried that by Andrew Stark wanting to do his job well and Eric Logan wanting to do his job well and wanting to de have deliverables in the moment, they're overlooking kind of the greater picture. And the greater picture should have always been running the best surfers in the best waves or nothing at all, right? I mean, for sure. And it's funny, you bring up a great point, Thank which you. I wouldn't have really, I would have thought, well, the, the year's a wash anyway. Uh, whoever Why kind, not run? And whoever wins, like whatever, you know, like like kids in school, right? There's, they're not going to fail a kid in the COVID era. Right. Like the kid, everybody's going to pass, right? And so, sure. Jack Robinson's going to go on, but he can't. I mean, if that's the problem, like there's only a certain amount of slots in there. And if a Q, QS guy actually crushes those events, like some wild card, whoever crushes, you know, and then somebody has got to fall off who falls off. And it, and it, by the way, it's the top five surfers go into lowers. So you like, you could see Connor O'Leary doing well in these Australian events and positioning himself in the top five. I really hope somebody is listening to this podcast like a low J bottle Thompson, I hope is listening and thinking this is my time. I can actually 
get back on tour and just goes and crushes. I want, I want the, or somebody that's already there, like David Silva. Sure. But how great would it be if some nobody just like owns the year and a bunch of them, they all get together and they think, Hey, let's okay. QS warriors convene a meeting, sit down, work together to take down, knock off like what Kelly. I mean, knock off Kelly for sure, but knock off like a good 15 of the, of the best surfers in the world strategize together. Like, Hey, practice together. Okay. You've got David Silva. You've got John, John Florence, this heat. I'm going to be in that heat too. I'm going to, all I'm going to do is sacrifice, sacrifice myself. So you can go through, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What if the QS warrior yeah. gets together and just owns, takes over the WSL? They could because John, John one pipe, he's looking at Margaret's going, I got that event on lock. I'll do well at Tahiti. But he shows up at Newcastle, not really no. focus that are, but that's where David Silva's looking to take him out at the knees. See, and then you, but you take him out, take John John out at the knees in Nuke, uh, and then combine up with somebody at Margaret, combine up with another QS warrior, help each other out, yep. bring each other up. Come on, QS warriors, this is your time. So this is why the WSL ought not to put a world title on the line this year is because it's a very different year than every other year. So there should be an interim title. There should be some different scenario. I mean, I don't know why they just don't call it what it is. They should say pipeline is pipeline. It's already kind of a standalone event, right? I mean, you're the pipe master, et cetera. I mean, for all intents and purposes, call the Australia for a grant, an Australian slam. And so whoever wins those four yeah. wins Australia. So that's a, so you have John John as the pipe master. Whoever wins Australia will be the Aussie champ champ. Uh, and then whatever other event, you know, you could, nobody cares who wins the tank. Uh, yeah. Just call it, call it what it is. Cause that's, that's what it will be. So let's say Kelly doesn't go to Oz. Yeah. Do you think he will? He will for sure. Well, he will. Kelly will. I'll tell you who's keeping Kelly Slater going. Tom Brady. I think Kelly Slater thinks that he's in a battle, a mortal battle with Tom Brady for the greatest athlete of all time. Because of the Giselle connect connection? I don't know. I'm just thinking of what's inside Kelly's head. I bet that's what he's thinking. And he thought, Tom just won another one. It's, I got to go win another one. It's definitely inspirational, sure. if nothing else. I mean, inspirational. But I bet knowing Kelly, you don't just get inspired at that level. You like narcissistically need yeah. to go beat that. Where Kelly ending with 11 world titles, it's great. It's great. Everybody said 11 world titles way too long. It's lost its magic. You got to go add a TB12. If he's not trying KS12. to add 12, if he's not adding the KS12, what's the point? I mean, so you better go to Australia. Yeah. Like if he's, if he's just in his, Tom Brady didn't rest on his laurels. Tom Brady could have said, Hey, I am the winningest quarterback of all time, won more Super Bowls, been to more, you know, more playoff games, played in whatever it is, some dumb amount of the Super Bowls over the last 20 years. I th what was it? He's played like <laughs> dumb half of them amount. I mean, it's, it's something so silly. <laughs> yeah. Like that he, he had already stamped it. Yeah. He went and he won another Super Bowl where Kelly, when was the last time KS won 11? Uh, five years ago, like it's been a long, maybe more than that, maybe I think seven. forever ago. So you know the they when he won that eleventh, it was they Kelly. moved the two L's and yep. put the eleven there. A K could be replaced by a twelve. Yep, like it almost looks like it. The one sure. and the two almost looks like the K sure. legs. 
12 S works perfectly, but then quit because you can't make your name look like a 13. No, I mean, but that'd be pretty cool. I, all I'm, whatever Tom does, Kelly is going to have to do. Kelly is now looking like an old washed up hack. The fact that well, he, Tom the other, went and won. The other problem is not going out on top, right? Yeah. Going out on the dead bottom, Kelly, not dead so, bottom, going so out in the middle. He's currently third in the world. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if Kelly doesn't go to Oz, Kelly's got to go to Oz. He's not going to win his own wave pool. We know he doesn't perform well at his own wave pool. So all that he has is a third at pipe, and then he'd have Tahiti to try to get into lowers. So that's think, not enough to do. Do you think, though, Kelly is secretly right now, like, small wave training, like, thinking, no, I got this, Cocoa Beach style. He's I'm in, just he's out doing little whips, tail slides. That could be why he's on the uh, Aquila Ipa. Oh, that's mine. That's why he's on the Aquila Ipa uh, flat earther is for small waves. Um, so there's a number of other surfers without the world title. If the world title wasn't at play this year, I could see John, John not going to Australia. I could see a lot of people opting out of Australia, but the fact that there is a title involved makes me think they need to go defend it. Well, and I feel like really, if you're them, what else are you going to do? I mean, I guess you could go film. Like you could use the time to go film. I mean, that's what would be. You could do, yeah. That'd be a pretty smart play to drop. Yeah, totally. Drop an epic film right when or right after the Australian leg. Use that month or whatever it is to just go stinking bag clips. You can get a lot of work done. For sure. What's the uh, big reveal for the t Tokyo format? Nothing. Okay. Uh, they just <laughs> they have a non-elimination. A non I think first round is non-elimination. It's... Winner goes on to round three. Loser goes into round two. Can somebody please explain this to me? The, I, theoretically, I, what? The, the whole thing is that you don't want to see some guy, your favorite surfer, lose in a fluke, right? Right. If your favorite surfer stinking loses in round one to a nobody, then it, it serves them right and pack your bags and go home. Like, this idea of non-elimination in surfing is... So not just ridiculous, it's infuriating to me. Uh, this is the format for Tokyo. So this is presuming that Tokyo actually yeah. happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. The ISA format. So yeah. it's just, but it's just long and boring. Like a whole round one that gets you nothing. A whole round two where you see the persons and peoples that have already lost go again. And then into round three where okay, now we're probably going to get some of the, which it's always annoying to me when rarely do you want to see a heat uh, replayed, right? Like, yes, John, John, Gabriel. Yes. I don't know, whatever. There's a, there's a handful of rarely of heat, rare. but so seeing the same round one heat again in round three is always just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. This is dumb. And even if the guy who won round one loses in round three, that's dumb. Like it's all dumb. Well, I think the entire purpose of the repercharge format is um, kind of designed for crappy surf. You know, it's like, it's presuming that there aren't going to be enough resources on tap for everybody to get a fair shake. So let's build in a plan B that allows them to fix it, which is which is a disaster. It's exactly what you don't want. Exactly. A limited swell window exactly. is to use that window up well, for knowing that you've got to run... Like that nothing matters. The round one, why run? I mean, it's, oh, well, that's, don't so get that's me started the, on rebecharge. That's the point is like, don't, um, 
rather than having to come up with a plan B, just fix plan A. Yeah. Like put them in great waves where you got 30 minutes to get barreled. And if you, yeah, that's it. I mean, so uh, yeah, I'm, I am not looking forward to that format to seeing a tired, which again, I don't understand why the WSL is so attached to this format, this heat style thing. Again, can't talk mm. about it enough that natural selection, like you change the whole way it's done, right? Like you change the way you look at it and then off you go on some exciting new adventure. Why, why do we have to have just heat after heat after heat after round after round after round to eliminate no surfers? Right. Um, last week, excuse me. <coughs> oh my gosh. COVID. Mm. Uh, last Coming. week you were talking about being really conflicted about being a Val and snowboard and yeah. You know, you're actually enjoying it. Um, I interviewed or I talked to, I don't know if you saw that incident in the South Bay at. Sure did. Uh, on President's Day. There's yes. two kids getting. Hassled. Called the N word by a local surfer. Yeah. Uh, I talked to those kids yesterday. Oh, how good was on that? On the podcast. Were they great? So great. And full like Val Stoke. And not only oblivious that or not not of the mindset that like oh we need to be like we need to keep our cards close to our vest and play cool they know that a lot of other vows try to play it cool to fit in they shirk it entirely so they are like we don't we just started this is the funnest thing ever yeah. burr, and they're burr, like burr. and they're like f it we understand like you guys stare down people in the lineup and that's part of the culture that's kind of stupid like it's fun this is super fun and if we can't smile when we're having fun then that's ridiculous. And I got to say, they rubbed off on me a little bit. They, just, they won you over to Val Life? Well, look. No, I'm stay still, hard. I'm always going to paddle down the beach and try to stay away from people because it's in my nature, whether I'm surfing or going to the grocery store. Like, I just keep my head down. But they rubbed off on me. Through that conversation, I was like, shoot, I think you guys are actually doing it right. Uh -oh. I don't know how I became a cynical uh -oh. middle-aged male. Is this show going to appear on the inertia soon? <laughs> it might, actually. Dang it. <laughs> We've got to stay angry. We've got to stay grumpy, mean. I know, but you, those mean kids, fun. those kids. So that's check, what we have. We have fun, and we're angry talking, about it. Talking about Val's uh, buying surfboards. These kids, I think they're like in their early twenties. Brick and uh, Gage are their names. Great names. I know. Yeah. Brick, how good is Brick? Yeah, but he wasn't mean. Like yeah. you would think, Brick is just like this big, hefty truck driver. This kid was nice as you. I don't know be. though, but remember Brick from Anchorman. Also. Oh, that's true. I forgot <laughs> about that. So anyways, they've been surfing a few years and they grew up like Southern California, locally, South LA. And um, they're like, yeah, we went to Kauai in November. He's like, and I bought my very first surfboard while we were there. It's like, really? What'd you buy? He bought a Josh Hall, Whoa. which is like as fancy as you could possibly get. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, I was riding this. We rented boards while we were there. And he's like, at home, I have a soft top. But we went into Hanalei Surf Co. And Got a Josh Hall. I saw it on the first day of my trip. And I just like fantasized about what are, it. What are the uh, dims on it? Seven foot. I don't know the other dims, but it was a seven foot long. And I was just like, dude, I don't even own a Josh Hall. Yeah. And I've never bought a board that expensive. Did like, it, are, they, are, they, are they wealthy, these kids? I have no idea. I mean, they must be. Going to Kauai and buying, I mean, how much does a Josh Hall go for? 12? Yeah, over a thousand bucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe he just saved all saved his money for years to go to Kauai. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. I love these. They both work. They're 20-something-year-olds that work. Okay. Early 20s. Okay. Love the kids. What happened to them, obviously, was horrible and hideous and should be condemned in the strongest possible language. But I will disagree with their sunny dispositions. The whole part of being a surfer is just being a jerk. Not a jerk to others. I mean, that too. But just being taciturn, being, being inside, hating stuff. I don't, so an older surfer tried to foist that upon them and their response was positivity. Oh, they dude. responded through positivity, which I mean, is great. kind of amazing. I can't, I can't say anything bad about them, but I would like to take them under my wing and teach them how to turn that joy sour. <laughs> what would your first step be? Uh, you can't smile in the lineup. You can never smile in the lineup. Don't talk to anyone in the lineup ever. If somebody talks to you in the lineup, keep your head down. Pretend you don't hear them. If somebody hoots you coming out of a wave. <sighs> sigh. Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to start with day drinking. I mean. Wearing sunglasses <laughs> indoors. <laughs> Stuff that'll get everybody around you to be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, that's step two. My favorite comment, it was like on one of our first episodes that we published a picture of and somebody on Beach Street was like, the old, there's only two people who wear sunglasses <laughs> indoors. Do you remember this? Yeah. <laughs> Blind because, people and assholes. Yeah, there's only yeah. two types of people who wear sunglasses indoors. Yeah. Blind people and assholes. It's so true. It's such a, a truism. Um, so a couple of things went down on the internet in the last 24 hours. Billy on WSL, six-part series. You watch? Six-part documentary on Billy you, Kemper. You take it in part one? I watched part one, yes. When, are they releasing them weekly? I'm not sure. Or is it all probably weekly, yeah? I would imagine, yeah, that one at a time. Is this is this a Red Bull? It's just WSL. WSL Studios, um, outside TV is partnering with them. Okay. WSL Studios produced it. Uh, how did you find it? It's good. Um, it's really interesting. Like, it's got all the elements to be good, but I wasn't compelled by it. Yeah. And so it's really well produced, high production quality. Billy, I think, is a really compelling figure. The waves are insane. Like, all the surf footage is amazing, and they've got all the angles, you know? And so I'm not sure if I wasn't compelled by it because it's part one and they haven't gotten to the drama yet, or if I already know the story. I, I'm not sure. But I, I, I haven't watched it, but just from the posters and the trailers, it just seems like they put something in a box that already exists. Like this movie exists multiple times over from the poster, you know, the, even the font on the poster, like every part of this exists as a other thing. And so now to watch it just with the removable parts of, you know, Billy as person at the middle surfing as opposed to car racing, you know, whatever, like none of this again, haven't seen it, but none of it seemed new at all. Yeah. Where you hope that are the documentaries particularly that I've always loved are the ones that surprise you a bit either exactly. the way There's it's shot, yeah. the way, the way they approach the content. This does, it seems like such a straight down the middle Red Bull production. That's not Red Bull, which seems like, okay, well, sweet. If I want to watch Red Bull stuff, I know what I get from Red Bull and I like Red Bull for doing Red Bull, 
WSL doing Red Bull seems misguided to me. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely all in. I'm going to watch all of them and I'm looking forward to them. I'm but I'm reserving kind of my opinion on how I'll rate the thing. Um Andy Irons and the Radicals is also coming out. Ashton Goggins production directorial I don't know. Backup? Yeah. I think he's maybe. I mean, I think he claims he, that he's directed some stuff. Well, he's certainly been the one pushing this pro or yeah. the one compiling this project and I all but producing it. Uh, with the backing of Stab, obviously, and probably Billabong as well. So that's going to be on Stab Magazine. I'm looking forward to that. Do you have any opinions? Uh, no. I haven't seen enough. I've seen a couple of the Instagram teasers for it. And it's basically just surfers talking about Andy, right? I mean, the new the new crop. Like, Are they writing Andy's boards and talking no, about no, no. him? Or? No, nothing like that. It's a documentary about Andy Irons, but it's I guess they've compiled a bunch of footage that has never been seen before. Okay. So they'll be going through all that and then, of course, interviewing everybody who knows. Okay, so, so it's just another Andy Rehashing doc. of the same. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds fine. I, I want to see the footage. Sure. I want to see every time I do see that trailer or any of the trailers yep. with Andy surfing, I'm like, more of that, please. Yeah. Uh, which... Reminds me of Harry Bryant somehow mm -hmm. seeing Harry Bryant's octopus edit this week. Like he surfs radically. He it's great to see amazingly. radical surfing. Yeah. You know, he, and so I, I suppose back to the idea of surprise Surfs surprisingly. Yeah. Like what Harry does, what he did on some of those waves, like technically and whatever, you know, I don't know, is all fine and good, but just the surprise, the sheer surprise of when you're shocked, when you see something, right? Yes. It's like, Whoa, I've never seen that before. Well, going all out yeah. is radical. Yeah. Like just full speed throttle and like rah, is, you know, it's very different than the way that I surf. I'm yeah. jealous of it. I yeah. watch that and I go, Oh yeah, I should be trying harder. Yeah. Kind of a thing. You can be now with wave key. That's true. I can. You're on the way. Um, Harry Bryant. Should we go to commercial break before we do barrel or not? Because I know you got to out. Let's do it. Okay. Got to pick the kid up from school, dang it. All right, Chaz, we're back from commercial. So exciting, those commercials. I know. I feel bad for all the uh, people that pay us a subscription and that don't get to hear the commercials. Missing out. Yeah, but here's the deal. They can go to the free feed and just listen over there, too. It's worth it. We'll get double the downloads. It's worth it. Even better. Okay. So, uh, also, we should shout out album surfboards. Find a surf shop in all of San Clemente. They came in early today to set turn off the alarm for us. Beautiful people. So you could pick your daughter up from school. Beautiful boards. All right, so um, let's do Barrel or Nah. There's a brand new documentary out on HBO. It's very controversial. Pharaoh versus Allen. Ooh. Or Allen versus Pharaoh. Ooh. So Barrel or Nah, Woody Allen. <sighs> I'm going to be controversial here. It's horrible, but Barrel... I don't love all Woody Allen films, but some of his films are so good. It's such a horrible thing to say. This is a cancelable offense. This is really the conundrum that we live with in today's society. Can you still listen to Michael Jackson's music? Can you? Can I can. He's a child molester. I know. Allegedly. And so and so Woody Allen, it's like I agree with you. I've grown up liking his films. And now I kind of have to look at him in a different light. The, but the fact that he married, I, th I think if you keep on watching his films once he married his daughter, then you ostensibly are saying, yeah, 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 I know, I know. And I, I'm not condoning it, but right? I mean, I don't know how anybody is surprised by Woody Allen's, I mean, what is the, the, the thing is that he molested uh, which daughter? 
not Sue Yi or whoever he's married to. That's the, I mean, that, probably that qualifies as molestation. Well, sure, but that's what that what's Ronan, the allegation? Uh, what uh, Mia Farrow's daughter? Mia Farrow's, yeah. Which who? Which is I don't know who it is. Okay, I mean horrible. I haven't watched the thing yet. Horrible, and Woody Allen should go to jail if he did, right? Like Absolutely, I'm not saying that yeah. he shouldn't go to jail. Yeah, but I'm also saying that he, he makes good films. I know. So that's the conundrum. I mean, clearly there's a legal criminal thing that needs to be dealt with. He should go to jail if he's found guilty. But can you still enjoy the art of somebody who is a known sex offender? I mean, I that's think, the question. I think we do historically. Like, I think the longer into the past it gets, the easier it is. Like, you know, the poetry of what? I mean, there's been so many. Yeah. I mean, art, the art of whatever, anything in the past, I think we, you know, it comes out that, oh, this person was a rapist or was a, you know, murder or whatever and you're still uh, but i think the stuff that happens in our time it's harder but i still think that art is art and life is life and the twain don't often meet or don't necessarily need to meet it's i can enjoy the art if i ignore those things mm. so i think for all my life growing up i heard that woody allen married soon Yi, and i was like Ah, there's probably a story there that justifies, I don't know. And I just ignored it. Sure. If I watch the documentary and I get all the facts, it's going to make it harder for me to appreciate the films that I used to love. Let's see. Let's see what has come before. There's, uh, what's a doc or what's somebody that's been totally trashed rightly. I mean, I guess Michael Jackson. I never liked Harvey, Michael Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, but I still watch Pulp Fiction and stuff and love it. Yeah. Like it doesn't, he was only tangentially related. Sure, to he produced it, but he, yeah. but uh, so maybe Michael Jackson. But I never liked Michael Jackson music. That's the problem for me. Is like, but I would never take a stand on it. Yeah, I mean, he's a clear creep who made, you know, very popular music. I mean, I just think that you just can't. You, you can all day. You can boycott whatever you want, but. You and you probably should morally. You should boycott <laughs> yeah. it, right? But, but when a Michael Jackson song has come on in recent years, I elect to turn off what I know about him as a child molester and listen and start dancing. You don't. You don't think about Jesus Juice in the bed, which is probably um, something in me that's wrong. I mean, that's probably the a, fact so, that I can do that is probably a it, shortcoming in my. I mean, brain. not only your, it's probably societally wrong. Yeah. I mean, I suppose we should hold, we should cancel our artists, but that's the problem is that so many of them are wacky. Like what makes great art also spins people out. And but, so, but child molesting is different. It's way different. It is you know? way different. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're right. You want them to be outlandish, but you can't be victimizing children. You I know, mean, like then that's fully cancelable. But I still dance to the music. You're still going to watch Woody Allen, Chuckle, Midnight in Paris, fine film. I know. All right. I'm very conflicted still. We might have to come back. So Barrel or Nah, Woody Allen? I'm Barrel. I'm going Nah. Okay. I got to go Nah after having this discussion. Okay. All right. Barrel or Nah. Gabriel Medina went vegan. Veganism. I'm going, if veganism is your thing, that's okay. The fact that we know that about Gabriel Medina is the Nah. Like advertising it. Giant thumbs down. You know the stinking, you know, whatever. Like, there's so many vegan memes and jokes about vegans just nonstop talking about themselves being vegans. Vegans and CrossFitters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the fact that we know Gabriel Medina's a vegan, that's the problem. Gotcha. Gabriel Medina, fuck you. Keep your damn veganism to yourself. I have a feeling, so yes, I agree with that, but also I have a feeling that uh, 
veganism isn't great long-term. I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, but from everything that I hear people talking about, it's like, oh, I had all these short-term benefits, but five years down the road, everybody goes back to eating. I'm just saying product. whatever you want, whatever floats your boat. All right. Culinary wise, just don't food tell wise, me about it. Don't tell, don't tell me if Got you're it. like only eat meat either. Don't Got just it. don't tell me about your diet. Got Full it. stop. Okay. Gabriel. Yeah. Pussy. Uh, you know how you know someone's vegan? How? They tell you. That's <laughs> how, you know, I mean, that is what it is. Yeah. All right. I know you got to hustle, so I'm going to give you a quick and easy one. Okay. Barrel and awe, making a sex tape with your sibling. Ooh, directed at the coffee sisters. So nah. I don't know how, how anyone, I mean, it is just a straight no. And the fact that, I mean, at this point, not to throw unnecessary rocks, but- It's crazy. The dad really- made monsters out of his whole family. I mean, I talked to Mr. Coffee back in the day, hung out with Ellie Jean and the whole troop of them a long time ago. They're all young and he was being weird then. I mean, not weird as in anything inappropriate, inappropriate, yeah. but like, you know, they were like in bikinis and stuff like that and were young, like proper young. And I was like, what are you, this is, this is not, how is this going to go? And it went this way. Well, I see the stuff that Ellie Jean is posting and I'm like every single time, whoever I'm with, I'm like, can you believe she's posting this on Instagram? And then I hear she made $1.5 million in the first month on OnlyFans. Yeah. Ellie Jean made 1.5 mil? Yeah. How, is that's a fact? No, it's a rumor. Okay. But I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess you can just, everything has a price, right? And so you could put this on, you could put your sexuality or whatever on sale. I guess the number is 1.5 in a month. Now I understand what's motivating this really what looks crass. I mean, beyond crass, right? So that I justified. Then she started posting, Holly and I are getting together for a shoot this afternoon and they're both posing as if they're going to kiss one another. I'm like, this is your sister. Yeah. There's no price. Yeah. I don't care if it's $10 million. Like, I, I am blown away. Yeah. It is despicable. I mean, but this is like... That's what people pay for, right? I mean, so that is the market. That is what the market, not only what the market will bear, that's what the market is craving. The market's fueling this bad behavior, but I'm saying take your 1.5 and maintain a, a semblance of dignity, Yeah, right? No. Like you don't need the 10. Take the 1.5 and do it monthly and maintain some shred of dignity. No. At this point where you're advertising, whether or not she ever has sex with her sister, which I don't think she probably does, I would hope she she does it. Whether or not that ever transpires is neither here nor there. Well, I mean, the one, fact that you're baiting people with that as the leverage is otherworldly. To yeah, me. it's a big no barrel. Look at you and I just on the moral high horse, except not on Woody. Me, I'm riding Woody, riding Woody to to, to uh, yeah with his improprieties. But the coffee is apparently where I draw the line. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, and you got to go pick up your daughter from school right now. So oh. shout out to eBay sneakers, shout out to uh, Album Surf, and Chaz, I think I'll see you next week. I'm so excited. Next week, regular time for a full, yeah, we should go like marathon next week. Okay, yeah. we'll do. Sweet. All right, until then. Get barreled.